Hello, everyone out there in the 6570 family project world. You guys, I have a question for you. When a storm comes through a forest, does it make a beautiful log cabin when it's done? No, of course it doesn't. In order for something to be built, it takes planning and designing. And that is exactly what we do here in the 6570 family project. Listen, we have a whole new year coming up soon. And that year is going to come and go no matter what. But you have an opportunity to build something great, build something amazing in its place. And that takes, you guessed it, designing and planning. And you guys, I created a perfect New Year family check-in for you so you can do just that. It's a quick 15-minute guide that everyone can have. You want to print out one for everyone, and it will help you reflect back and build forward in this incredible new year. Go pick it up right now. It is over at NellieHarden.com slash Happy New Year. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com slash Happy New Year. Right there, no no spaces in there with Happy New Year. So go grab that and get building forward in this incredible new year, new opportunity we have coming at us. All right, everyone, happy building. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy. Come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics, and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents, and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sip an iced tea on the front porch mama, who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project, let's go. Hello, welcome everyone. I'm so excited to start this journey in the 6570 Family Project podcast. And let me just tell you, my name is Nellie Harden. If you don't know me yet, we are going to get to know each other really well on this journey. And I just want you to picture this as you and I sitting on the front porch of some beautiful Southern home and maybe sitting on some rocking chairs, sipping some iced tea and having some really good conversations about family and building family, what that looks like, what it means, and what we can do to be even better tomorrow than we were today. That's what this is all about. And I thought for the first episode, you probably want to know a little bit of who I am and who this person is that's going to be talking to you about this and getting into these tough conversations and being very real with you. So I am just going to spend some time telling you my story. So sit back, just relax, sip your iced tea, and take a listen. So 
when I first had my kids, it might have been like you too. And we have four kids. I have four daughters right now. Today, they are 16, 13, 13, and 11. Yes, I have my middle two are twins. The middle two, um, right smack dab in the middle, are twins. I tell you, when I had a, let's see, I had a two-year-old um, and, no, I guess I had a, a four-year-old, two-year-old uh, twins, not even two yet. And then I was telling people, hey, we're having a baby. They're like, are you crazy? Um, but yes, I have four and four and a half years um, and all teens and tweens right now. This is actually, uh, we are headed into a season where I don't have an elementary schooler for the first time. I have all middle and high schoolers, which is kind of crazy. But when I first had my kids, I was in total survivor mode. I don't know if any of you can relate. You might be shaking your heads right now. Um, but I was in total survivor mode and just making sure that they were alive for bedtime every day was like, Awesome. Check the box. That's great. You did it, right? Another, uh, another uh, pat on the back and uh, put my cape away at the end of the night. I did it. Um, but we really had a huge wake-up call in 2010. So at that point, my husband had been uh, going through drug therapies and physical therapies and different things for a heart condition that he had um, that we that put him into the hospital suddenly in 2008. But by 2010, we really extinguished all the possibilities that we could do. And we really only had one option left. And that was an experimental heart surgery. And so it was Earth Day 2010. And we, we sat there, I sat there, my husband was in surgery. And by the way, he's doing very well today. So he's still here. But I was sitting there with a, let's see, it's 2010. So I had a five-year-old, two, uh, no, probably a four-year-old um, because it was before birthdays, a four-year-old, two two-year-olds and a six, seven-month-old. And that's a very eye-opening experience to sit there and not know if I'm going to see my husband again or my kids are going to see their father again right? They, uh, this wasn't an totally unknown, uh, to me. I lost my father when I was very, very young. Um, I was one and a half when my dad died. Um, it was a complete accident. Um, but it was, it was something that's always been with me. Right. And I've always felt drive and motivation, um, and other things too. Um, because of that, uh, I, he didn't get to live his, full life that he had. And I always, especially that day that I passed that, um, uh, when my age passed that, I always felt that responsibility. And, but anyway, side note. Uh, so I was sitting there and there was a very big wake up call. And then as he's recovering after the surgery, just five weeks later, my two-year-old, one of them, um, she was in a, what turned out to be non-fatal, but could have very easily been fatal drowning accident in my in-law's pool. And it was a surreal day, a big party, everyone's in the pool. And this person who we didn't even know at the time looked down and said, Hey, is she okay? Uh, she was just floating there and we all grabbed her. It took us a while to get everyone's attention so that they could clear the way. I did, you know, a total, uh, you know, Hollywood type style, clear the table and gave my daughter CPR right there on that table. And after a couple of rounds, what seemed like an ocean erupted 
exploded out of her and took her to the hospital and she was okay. We had to monitor her for a year. Um, she had a lot of, um, a lot of fears that came, uh, from that right away. Um, but we still stuck with it and, and, you know, that recovery story is a whole, uh, podcast in and of itself. But my point is we had some very big wake up calls that year. And we sitting there after that, we knew time was just so limited and we wanted to seize the day of our family and from our family experience. And we knew we really wanted to set them up for big time success right as soon as you know we could, because you just never know. You never know what's going to happen in life. So I was busy running around right after this, and I was checking all the supposed tos. I was checking all the boxes, but I was feeling a little unfulfilled, right? I was doing the gymboree classes. I was doing the piano classes. I was doing the gymnastics classes. I was taking them to swim lessons. I was getting them in the right preschools, like all the things that I was doing. I was playing with them very intently. I was teaching them how to read and write at home, all the things, but there was still something definitely missing. And in my own journey of personal development, so I come from a background in sciences and psychology. So psychology is a science. But anyway, um, I was in marine mammal science and behavioral work and psychology and went into veterinary work. And I actually retired from all of that just about a couple of months before my husband went into ICU for the first time. So it was a boom, 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 pretty crazy. Um, but anyway, I was, I knew how important personal development could be. I didn't know how much it could be for me. And there's a big difference there. So but I started meeting people that were fulfilled, especially in their later years. They, I really started diving into their lessons, right? They were leaders and mentors and readers, right? I had never been a big reader before, but I was like, oh, all these books, all these books. I was just eating it all up. Uh, they were learners. They were teachers. And they all, and I mean all became my mentors. I saw thriving and not coping in families, right? I saw fulfillment, not unfulfillment in families. I saw people being genuinely, really joyful, even during hard stuff. And that was astonishing to me. And there was, you know, more than just the work in the school and the home and the homework and the sports and the activities and bed and go to bed and get up in the next day and do it all again, right? There was more there and I could not get enough of it. So I started, of course, reading and following and listening and meeting and growing, but soon enough, it was, hit, I was hitting these expectation walls. It kind of, you know, it reminded me of um, Black Friday morning and you, you see these pictures of these people like lined up at the big department stores and their faces are all smooshed at the, at the walls, you know, and that's how I kind of felt running into these expectation walls. And what I mean by that is there was a lot of these, you can't do that or uh, no, you can't think that way or these expectations that people had of what I was supposed to do. I used to have a whole house decorated, decorated in a way that I thought I was supposed to have it decorated in. I didn't even like anything in that house, but I was like, oh, this is what people say should go here. So we should put it there, right? The shoulds were ruling my life. And I had all of the growing pains of stepping out along the way. And it was hard. It's, it's hard to step out of the herd. It is hard to step out of the herd and not just me, but my family did too, because this wasn't just me going through this. We were going through this as a collective, as all six of us, you know, um, 
people around us uh, often refer to us, and we have a we have a hashtag, if you will. Um, I almost made the hashtag sign in my in my in my head, but anyway, uh, and we're known as the Happy Hardens, and. I think it's kind of funny because it's not that we're always happy. That's not true. But we always do choose happy. And there's a very big difference in that. So we can catch ourselves when we're not in the happy, right? And we don't, we can't be happy all the time. No one can be happy all the time, but we can choose happiness. Find the joy, find the joy. But anyway, so I started doing all these things and definitely running into these pressures. And I felt like everywhere around me, I just saw these overworked, exhausted, and frustrated people. And I just started saying those what ifs, you know? What if? Uh, like, wouldn't it be nice if? And, you know, parents which were teaching the same thing to their kids, I started hanging around with. I was like, hmm, let's check this out, right? I knew how valuable a child's thoughts and actions and their input could be when they were challenged and given space to truly thrive because I saw it in my own kids. I saw it in my own kids and at a different at the the different kids at their school. I saw them too. Um, we often went to these I don't know different kinds of schools. I never felt um, quite sat not satisfied. That's not the word. Uh, quite settled in um, where our schools were, and which leads to our education journey, which is a whole other story um, that we'll get to. But. So I said, though, what if I break these chains and break away from the herd, right? I was starting to feel a little bit of those growing pains, but I was like, you know what? What if we just break those chains? We had these discussions together as a family, even our littlest ones. You know, she was three, four, five. And when we were having these big discussions with her, along with all of her sisters, and we would sit down together and talk. And I would ask, you know, what if I teach my kids? What if I teach my kids self-led discipline and leadership skills, the ones that I'm learning now in my 30s and my 40s, some people even into their 50s, 60s, 70s, what if we take that information, transplant it, and put it into their childhood so that this core beliefs, these mindsets, these skills that they're build, uh, building in their childhood that will one day be their reflex responses because they are set in like concrete. What if we put all of that leadership and self-led discipline into their childhood so that when they leave home, they're like ready for the races, they're ready to go. And what might have taken me 10, 20, 22 years to accomplish they might be able to get done in more, not get done, but reach that fruition with, reach that clarity with within six months to a year, maybe five years. It would be amazing. So I ended up following and studying and latching on to uh, mentors all over the place, right? There was moms that homeschooled. I wanted to see what that was like. I was a total like public school kid, K through 12, and then went to a public college. I had no desire to homeschool, but I saw something in the homeschool families, I, in some homeschool families, I'll put that way, um, that I just found very intriguing. And so there was people like Jen and Danielle that, that I really just kind of dove into. 
I got to know women with grit. There was this woman, Lisa, that uh, used to work for the UN. And man, oh man, I would sit there and listen to her stories and they would just blow my mind, right? And we're just sitting here in a coffee shop and she's telling me about these harrowing life and death stories and, and that she, and missions that she went on. It was amazing. And then there was families that traveled full time. That required a whole different skill set, right? There was writers and speakers and philanthropists and pastors and business leaders, life transformers and life sitters, right? What do I mean by that? So life sitters, there was this one time and there's, I've, I've, experienced many life sitters uh, in my life, some in family, some as strangers. But there's this one time, at, it was actually after my, uh, my stepdad uh, also passed away um, uh, almost eight years ago now. So my mom's been widowed twice uh, now in her life. Um, but it was after my stepdad's a funeral, which I also called him dad. They had been dating since I was four. He was in my life since I was four. So he was also dad. And um, but after dad died, we went to a casino and um, it's Michigan. Any Michiganders out there that are listening, you get it. Casinos are everywhere. And um, so anyway, we were at a casino and I was sitting off uh, kind of on the side. I was working on a project while everyone was off doing their thing. And it was truly amazing to sit there and I was visited by four different people that came and sat at my table at different times. And I got to just learn their stories and they were asking what I was doing and I was telling them and they were, I would just ask them questions too. But I, I ran into two men in particular that were there and without getting too much detail into their story, they were life sitters, meaning they took the definitions that they had of themselves because the world gave them to them when they were 10, when they were 12, and they applied that to the rest of their lives and never did anything else with it. They never tried beyond that point, And they had so many regrets. They were in there. Uh, these were two different men. I don't think they knew each other. They came to me at different times. Um, but they were probably somewhere between uh, 55, 75 um, in there. And the, it just broke my heart. It broke my heart to hear their long list of regrets. One of them actually, while I was sitting there with them, got a phone call on this little flip phone from his daughter. And it was his daughter telling him that he can't come over that day because there was going to be other people over at the house. And she knows that last time he was over, it didn't go very well. So they have to reschedule in order to have a time that they can just meet one-on-one. -on -one. And he was broken because of that uh, as I was sitting there with him. So I got to talk with him through that a little bit. But my point is these, I learned so many lessons from them as well. And I really had an epiphany. So my life truly is in my hands and what I make of it. My life is truly in my hands and what I make of it. Just saying it over and over and over. No excuses. I am the driver. I want you to say that real quick. I am the driver of my life. You are the driver of your life. And guess what? My kids, your kids are the driver of their life. And this time that we're together in the 6570, which I'll tell you more about that and where that comes from, but that's how many days are in 18 years. And uh, they, this is their, their um, 
impact zone that we have. It's their training ground that they have, their safe space to explore and fail and be taught and give way to be that driver of their life. And if I can give them the self, uh, self-led discipline and leadership now instead of later by someone that doesn't know them as well as I do or understand their quirks and unique gifts and set them up with skills and mindsets that can be cemented into their core beliefs, how they believe or how they believe about themselves and others and the world around them, how can that be changed if we are intentional and so, so deliberate during this training zone time with absolute joy and choosing that joy? So this, this uh, way we have the skills in less time, less drama, more joy, right? All the good things, the good boxes that you want to check. And, you know, do you have just thinking about it now, do you have core beliefs lingering from your childhood that maybe don't serve you today? I know you're all nodding your head. Yes, I know. And I I do too. But the more we can limit that, the better. And I realized that teaching these mindsets and skills couldn't just be for parents or couldn't just be for kids. The way to maximize this potential work was to work with the whole family, right? Accountability to each other, relationships with one another, input from one another, stepping up and showing up as a member of the family to train you and help you be a member of this world. And what happens in the home is reflected everywhere else in life, right? You literally cannot separate, it is one, it's two sides of one piece of paper. You cannot separate the personal outcomes from what happens in the home. You just can't do it. So I became excited about this idea and started with helping other uh, families. Uh, and I started with family wellness because of what we had gone through with my husband. I went on to helping people with homeschool because by the way, we started homeschooling. You know, that thing I said I would never ever do. Well, I'm about to encroach on year seven of it now. Um, and it is, it's been a beautiful experience. I'll do a whole series on education sometime for you. Um, I don't think it's for everyone. Uh, some days I didn't even think it was for me, but it has turned out to be one of the most defining and great places um, in our home, Most, mostly because we were able to develop these skills so much more in that setting. And there's other ways you can do that too, but for us, that's what really worked. But I was using and testing these ideas and theories for almost 10 years, and I found the framework that worked for being intentional about the parenting and family path during this 65, 70 and beyond, right? We do, we're not stopping being parents once they turn 18. It's just that our most high impact zone has passed. And an intentional family experience, even through the hard and sticky stuff and building kids with the tools they will need for life is so important. And the results were amazing. They are amazing. Smiles, joy, break, uh, like breaking down walls, having breakthroughs, breaking through fears, kids becoming entrepreneurs, leaders, teaching, and seeking growth and responsibility. That was what was beautiful. I began teaching and coaching uh, this work and similar results flowed for other families too. So I knew I was onto something and kids were asking to talk, right? Like, hey mom, hey dad, can we talk? And these parents were astounded that their kids wanted to talk with them. They were asking for more challenge. They were exploring their interests and their mindsets changed. Uh, They restored the family flow and connection and understanding was on a whole new level than they'd ever had before with one another. 
Now, listen, we're still raising our girls. Like I said, they're only 16, 13, 13, and 11 today at this recording. And we face all of the challenges that you're facing right now with parenting today. And these challenges are real. They are very real, very visceral today that we're, that we're facing, not to mention uh, the pandemic that we've been in for the last 21 months, right? Um, but we, we all have, I'm sorry, we use these tools and we use them daily and we, they've truly made all the difference in the world. They have already, they, our kids have already astonished me. And I would say that even if I wasn't their parent, I promise you, and my client's kids have astonished me. It truly is such a beautiful thing to watch a child rise. It's so cool. And the transformation in our own family has made the greatest impact on me for sure. But the, and the opportunity I have every day to reach out and touch other families, like I'm hopefully touching yours right now, or at least you as we're sitting on the front porch with our iced tea, um, but help you just awaken to the potentials and see the walls fall and the connections build and the foundations being laid their 6570 timers being set and focused forward that is such a gift and that is my fire and passion i don't know if you could tell but that's my fire and passion so bringing self-led discipline and leadership into the home today because our future their future your future personally is literally being built in your living room right now Just for listening today, I want to give you a free gift called the Family Success Vault filled with tools you can start using right away to bring intention, strength, and joy to your home through self-led discipline and leadership. This can be found at NellieHarden.com forward slash vault. NellieHarden.com forward slash vault. And thank you for being a part of the conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, please connect with me on social. I'm on Facebook at Nellie.Harden or Instagram at Nellie Harden. Lastly, if you loved this information, please leave us a five-star review so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. Happy building. Can't wait to see you next week, family architects.